Well, kia ora and for church. It is my privilege to open up our new three-week outpouring series, which will be a focused look at the person, power, and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, for the upcoming two weeks, church, the focus will be on the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is exciting for us, church, because we are a Pentecostal people, which means that while there may be a lid on the Word of God in the sense that you cannot add or take away from it, we believe there is no lid on the Holy Spirit. Amen. That the Spirit of God is just as alive and active today as He was in the book of Acts. When Jesus said to the disciples, you will receive power when the Spirit of God comes upon you. Amen. So really exciting two weeks to look forward to coming up. <clears throat> but for this week, church, by way of introduction, my focus won't so much be the power and ministry of the Holy Spirit. My focus will be the person of the Holy Spirit, which is foundational, church, because what the Holy Spirit does, His ministry and power, is a reflection and extension of who the Holy Spirit is. For example, we know the Holy Spirit is a comforter, that He brings comfort. But the reason why He brings comfort is because He is compassionate. He is pastoral. We know the Holy Spirit is a teacher, that He leads us into truth. That the Holy Spirit gives us the capacity to discern the things of God. He, he is a teacher. But church, the reason the Holy Spirit leads us into truth is because He is the Spirit of truth. What the Holy Spirit does is an extension and reflection of who the Holy Spirit is. His ministry and power is an extension and reflection of His character. Which means, you cannot separate moving in the power of the Holy Spirit from knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Church, we can't speak on spiritual gifts apart from knowing the grantor of gifts. We can't expect to be led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, apart from walking with the Spirit. We can't expect to manifest the fruit of the Spirit apart from being found in the root of the tree that is the Spirit. And church, we can't have these lofty expectations of revival apart from relationship with the bringer of revival. Amen, church. You cannot separate knowing the person of the Holy Spirit from moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. Moving in the power of the Holy Spirit is the overflow of knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. But church, if you don't know the person of the Holy Spirit, there will be no power to behold. Are you with me, church? Put it this way, church. <clears throat> the person who wants to move in the power of the Holy Spirit, apart from knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, is just as foolish and misguided as the person who wants to know forgiveness of sin apart from knowing the person of Jesus. You cannot separate knowing the person from moving in the power. You know, church, some of you may know this. If you don't, I'm about to tell you. Uh, my, my girlfriend is currently based in, in Wellington, where she attends Pastor Boyd Church. And she's based in Wellington for now, but please pray for her that she um, comes to her senses, amen, and she, and she moves here. But I remember, I remember church, those initial stages of getting to know her. You know, I saw her on, on Facebook doing devotional videos, and for some reason, church, I just felt a, an unction in the spirit to really lean in and press into what was being said. I wasn't, wasn't really sure what it was. So church, I watched her devotional videos, and I eventually sent her a friend request on Facebook. She accepted. I followed her on Instagram. She followed me back, and but then I, then I, that's always a sign, church, amen, when they follow you back, but but church, eventually I mustered up the courage to direct message her, to send her a DM. And I thought, how can I message her without sounding creepy, without, without sounding a bit random, like she's a bit of a random person. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? You know what I did, church? I came from the more official church side approach, you know, the more kind of brother in Christ approach. And I direct messaged her and um, 
So this is what I wrote in my DM when I messaged her. I said, <clears throat> I said, this is Jake Stallings from Elam Christian Center, Manureo, and I just want to say, I found your devotional video so encouraging, you know, so life-giving, you know, so edifying, and, and I just want to say, it really got me through lockdown, and uh, I just want to say, look, I dabble in devotional videos myself, and, and but currently I'm going, th- I'm very romantic, yeah, I'm, but I'm currently going through a bit of a creative block, so I was wondering if you could help me cultivate more creativity because I'm because you're you're so good at it and that's what I wrote church and I know what you're thinking church and yes I do have more game than Monopoly amen come on somebody so eventually church she she replied and we got talking and the conversations never stopped we got on like a house on fire I thought man this is awesome but after three weeks church I thought man I got a bad okay I want to tell this girl how I feel I want to tell her that I that I like I want to pull the trigger and church, I had, I had, church, I had all these expectations of what would happen. I thought, man, I'm going to tell her that I like her. She's going to say she likes me back. I'm going to come visit her in Wellington. I'm going to meet her family and friends. She's going to meet my family and friends. Eventually, she'll move to Auckland. I'll wife her up. I had, I had mm, a lot of expectations, church. Church, I had, I had, I had all these incredible expectations, church, of what would happen. So finally, I messaged her church, and her name's Tumby, by the way. And I called her, and I said, Tumby. <laughs> Tumby, I've got to tell you something. And I said, I want to be more than your brother. Because you are more than a woman to me. That's what I, that's what I said. And he ripped off. Um, I just, I just. Uh, I just ripped off two songs in one pickup line, but so all of a sudden, church, I told her this, and but there was a, all of a sudden a hush on the phone. It was a, a long silence, and she said, "Oh wow," she's um, she said, she said, Jake, listen, I think you're a great guy, but you just don't know me well enough. In fact, I don't know you well enough yet either. She said, do you mind if we be friends and take it slow and see where it goes? Is that okay? And I said, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. See, church, I had all these incredible expectations of what would happen. But her response was, you just don't know me well enough. In fact, I don't know you well enough yet either. There's a point here, church. Your church, I can't help but think that many of us have these incredible expectations of what the Holy Spirit will do. We have all these expectations of moving in the power of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, even manifesting the signs and wonders of the Spirit. We have all these expectations of revival, of manifesting the Spirit's power. We have all these expectations. But church, perhaps the Holy Spirit is saying to us, in the midst of our expectations of His power, Perhaps he is saying, church, those expectations are great, but you just don't know me well enough yet. In fact, I don't know you well enough yet either. Church, how can we expect to move in the power of the Holy Spirit apart from knowing the person of the Holy Spirit? Amen. 
You cannot separate moving in the power from knowing the person. So church, that begs the question. If we are going to honor the Holy Spirit as a person, if we're going to relate to the Holy Spirit in a way that is faithful to who he is, then it begs the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Let me lay down some pillars for us, church, this morning and give us some, a foundation here. Number one, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. All those, char- all those qualities and attributes that belong to God alone belong to the Holy Spirit. In Genesis chapter 1, we read that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, hovered over creation. That he took that which was formless and void and gave it formation and purpose. He is the creator. In Acts chapter 5, we are told that lying to the Holy Spirit is the equivalent of lying to God. In Matthew 28, we have Jesus' great commission statement, where he says, baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In this declaration, Jesus is conveying the idea that the Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son. Could you imagine church of Jesus to this? If he said, I want you to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Apostle John. You would think, that doesn't sound right. There's something, there's something off there, and you'll be correct, church. Because you understand in this declaration, Jesus is teaching the idea that the Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son. Amen. We, we see this idea being conveyed again in 2 Corinthians 12, and the Apostle Paul's greeting to the church of Corinth. He says, may the, may the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, conveying this idea, the Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son. Could you imagine, family, if you, got a, if you got a letter from church, a letter from our church, and the greeting of the letter read, may the love of God the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of Pastor Don be with you always. You'd be thinking, that doesn't sound right. I need to, I need to find a new church, amen? He's got to store Jehovah's Witness. I need, so we're gonna, you'd be thinking, that doesn't sound right. And you'd be correct, church, because you understand in their greeting, it's conveying the idea that the Spirit is equal to the Father and the Son because He is God. Amen. Holy Spirit is God. But secondly, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. We understand the Bible teaches that there is one God, three persons. That within the one being of God, there are three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And church, these three persons are first and foremost, they are co-equal which means there is no hierarchy in the Trinity. No, Father, Son, and Spirit are equal in power, majesty, and divinity. They are also co-eternal, which means, family, there was never a time when Father, Son, and Spirit were not. Father, Son, and Spirit did not come into being. No, they always have been. There was never a time when Father, Son, and Spirit were not. Amen. But they also, church, I need to, to lean here a little bit. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three persons of the Trinity, they are also distinguishable. They are distinguishable, which means Father, Son, and Spirit are three distinct persons. You can distinguish between the three. They are not the same. That means, church, that the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit, and the Spirit is not the Father. They are three distinct persons. Amen. But whilst they are distinguishable, church, here's the balance. Whilst they are three distinct persons, they are also inseparable. Amen? They are inseparable. Whilst you can distinguish between Father, Son, and Spirit, you cannot separate Father, Son, and Spirit because God is one. The three persons of the Trinity are co-equal, co-eternal, distinguishable, yet inseparable. And finally, church, because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, 
it means that the Holy Spirit works in perfect partnership with the Father and the Son. Church, all of redemptive history has been a perfect unified work between Father, Son, and Spirit. In fact, church, the gospel that we proclaim is a Trinitarian gospel. It is the Father who devises a plan of redemption in the beginning. Then it is the Son who humbles himself, enters creation by becoming man without ceasing to be God, dies on the cross to pay the penalty for sin, thus accomplishing the redemptive work of the Father. But then, church, watch this. It is in the Holy Spirit's role to apply Christ's redemptive work on the cross. It is the Holy Spirit that gives application to the cross. Amen. And Pastor Don will touch more on that next week. And finally, church, as we've already covered, the Holy Spirit is very much a person. He's a person, church, which means the Holy Spirit is not some kind of impersonal force. He's not an energy. He is not some kind of substance. No, the Holy Spirit is a person, which means, family, the Holy Spirit has a will. He has, Scripture says, emotion. The Holy Spirit has intellect. In fact, the Scriptures say that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. You can have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Church, you can't grieve an impersonal force. You can't have fellowship with a static power. No, the Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. And church, because the Holy Spirit is a person, it means the Holy Spirit is relational. He's a relational person as well. So church, the Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity, and He is a person. So family, if we're going to honor the Holy Spirit as a person, if we're going to honor the Holy Spirit as God, then there are three big misconceptions or three misapplications that are very popular that I want us to avoid if we're going to honor the Holy Spirit as a person. Amen? Number one, because the Holy Spirit is a person, that means the Holy Spirit is not a buzz to be chased. He is not a buzz to be chased. You know, church, we are a, a sensory people. You're people of the five senses. You're people who want to feel things both emotional and tangible. You're people who want to experience the next emotional high or next ecstatic spiritual experience. But church, because of this very natural desire to want to feel, this is like many people believe that the Holy Spirit is about chasing a feeling or chasing a buzz or chasing the next emotional high or ecstatic, mystical, spiritual experience. Your family, I know Christians who live their entire Christian life, conference to conference, spiritual workshop to spiritual workshop, chasing the next spiritual high or buzz or spiritual experience because of the assumption that the Holy Spirit is about chasing a feeling or chasing a buzz. Now, let me just say this, church. <clears throat> we are, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is holistic, which means that it encompasses not just our mind, but encompasses our emotion and our heart as well. Which means there may very, very well be a time where you have a profound emotional experience with the Holy Spirit. There may be a time where you have an elevated spiritual experience with the Holy Spirit, with trembling and goosebumps falling. I'm not discounting any of that. But friend, don't confuse the absence of a feeling or the absence of a buzz with the absence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because church, let me, let me remind you, even when you don't feel it, He's working. Even when, I'm <laughs> church, even when you don't see it, he's working. Church, I don't need goosebumps to know that he's working. I don't need to be trembling to know that he's working. I don't need to feel a shiver to know that he's working. Because the reality is, church, he never stops working. Amen. Church, listen, this internal, 
supernatural work of the Holy Spirit has been accomplished in your life and is being accomplished in your life, whether you feel it or not. Church, you've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, whether you feel it or not. You have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, whether you feel it or not. You have been empowered by the Spirit, whether you feel it or not. In fact, Ephesians 1 verse 13 says that you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, whether you feel it or not. You know, a sealed church in ancient times was a mark that showed ownership. It was a mark that signified what or something, you know, that someone belonged to someone. It was often placed on the outside of a letter to signify that what was inside the letter belonged to the person whose name was on the seal. In fact, during biblical times, even cattle and slaves had a seal on it to signify who they belonged to. And church, the Holy Spirit is our seal. It signifies that we belong to him, that we have life in the Holy Spirit, that we've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have been sealed by the Spirit of God. And this seal church is this unbreakable reality that we have fellowship, that we belong to him. And friends, this seal is not based on a feeling. It is based on the unrelenting faithfulness of the Holy Spirit. Family, the Holy Spirit is not a buzz to be chased. He is a person to be pursued who never stops working. Amen. Holy Spirit is not a buzz to be chased. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is not a power to be manipulated. The Holy Spirit is not a power to be manipulated. You know, Acts chapter 8, church, we read about a character called Simon the Magician. And Simon the Magician, he sees the apostles Peter and John impart the power of the Holy Spirit through the laying of hands. And Simon is enamored with this power. He is infatuated with this power. So much so that he attempts to buy this power with money. He believes that the power of the Holy Spirit is a commodity to be brought. So he approaches Peter, but Peter immediately rebukes him. And he says, your money will perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Simon thought that the power of the Holy Spirit was something to be purchased, was something to be brought and manipulated for his own use and own advantage. He thought it could be used for his own end. Now, church, we may scoff at Simon the magician, but the reality is even today, there are people in the church who treat the Holy Spirit like he's some kind of genie, where if you rub the lamp the right way and say the right words, out will pop the Holy Spirit to grant you any wish you desire. There are even people who treat the Holy Spirit like he's a, like he's a vending machine. If you, put on the right, if you put on the right money, often literally, and say the right words, the Holy Spirit will be obligated to pop out the goodies that you desire and declare. Let's be reminded, church, that the Holy Spirit is not a power to be manipulated. He is the sovereign God who is to be submitted to. He is God. Remember, church, we talked about how the Holy Spirit has a will. And friends... The Holy Spirit moves according to not my will or your will. He moves according to His will. The Holy Spirit moves according to His discretion. And the Holy Spirit steps onto the scene according to His timing. In 2 Corinthians 13, where it talks about the Holy Spirit distributing the gifts of the Spirit, it reads that the Holy Spirit distributes gifts according to His will, according to His discretion and His timing. In John chapter 3, Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. And he says to Nicodemus, he said, listen, unless you are born again, unless you are born of the Spirit, you will not inherit the kingdom. And Nicodemus asks a series of questions. 
which essentially boiled down to, how is this possible? How can someone be born of the Spirit? How does the Spirit operate, Jesus? And Jesus responds by saying this. He says, the wind blows where it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't see where it's coming or going. The same is true of those who were born of the Spirit. Jesus was saying to Nicodemus, he says, Nicodemus, you don't control the wind. It blows where it wishes. In the same way, you don't control the Spirit of God. He moves according to his discretion. He moves according to his will. Amen. Now, church, does that mean that we don't contribute anything? Does that mean that we don't partner with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. Church, we partner with the Holy Spirit. We press into the presence of the Holy Spirit and patiently wait for him to move. Church, we prepare our hearts for a move of the Holy Spirit. We prepare the soil for the move of revival to the Spirit to come. We do all these things, church. But Helen, we do these things by recognizing that the Holy Spirit is not at the mercy of our efforts. No, the Holy Spirit will honor our efforts according to his timing, according to his will, and according to his discretion. Amen. He is not a power to be manipulated. He is the sovereign God who is to be submitted to. Thirdly and finally, because the Holy Spirit is a person, the Holy Spirit is not only present in the spectacular. He is not only present in the spectacular. Church, I think some of us, even subconsciously, have this kind of Old Testament view of the Holy Spirit, where kind of he comes on people to, and he anoints them to empower them to do something special. But then once that special thing is finished, then the Holy Spirit's presence kind of dissipates until it leaves the prophet or leaves the person. Perhaps, church, you've read the book of Acts and you see the Holy Spirit performing signs and wonders that follows the preaching of the gospel because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you begin to associate the Holy Spirit with the spectacular. But, church, but because of our inclination to associate the Spirit with the supernatural, we begin to think the Holy Spirit is only present in the spectacular. That the Holy Spirit is only present when we need to do something special, that we need to be empowered by Him. And once that special thing is finished, the Holy Spirit kind of dissipates and leaves us completely. I want to encourage us, church, that the reality is that the Holy Spirit has been there all along. Church, He has always been faithful. He has always been persevering with you. He has always been ministering in and through. He has never left you. Church, who do, you think convicted, who do you think convicted you of your sin and drew you to the Son? Who do you think took out your dead heart of stone and replaced it with a heart of flesh? Who do you think has been shaping and conforming you into the image of the Son? Who do you think has been realigning you and, and, and leading you to make sure that you remain in alignment with the will and purpose of God for your life? Church, He has always been there. He has always been faithful. He has always been behind the scenes ensuring that all things work together for good for those who love Him and accord to His purposes. Church, he has never left you. And I want to encourage us, church, to not just celebrate the the Spirit's power in the spectacular, but press into his person during the mundane, during the everyday, during the boring. Because, church, listen, that is when I believe the Holy Spirit does his most powerful work in and through us. I remember, church, after I finished ELC, and because I was a bit of a ning-nong, I had to go work at retail again. And um, after, after my year, I went to work retail, and I ended up working at, Bark is a new market. And I was sitting there at the I was sitting there serving people and I was thinking, man, this is mundane. This is so boring. This is monotonous. What am I doing here? I should be working for the church. I should be preaching and doing all sorts of things, these things that I love. What am I doing here? This is so boring. 
I should be at the church, but I'm here at Barkers, the new market, helping donkey's son draw a suit on. What am, I, what am I doing here? But family, I can tell you with absolute confidence that during that mundane season, I had fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was teaching me things, teaching me things about my character, my competency, my integrity, my consistency, things like attention to detail, things I never thought of before. I had fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He was teaching and preparing me for my next season. Friends, don't just celebrate the Spirit's power in the spectacular. Press into His person during the mundane, during the boring, during the everyday. Because friends, that is when the Holy Spirit does His most powerful work in and through us. Amen? Church, He's always been there. He has never left you. He's always working in and through you. The psalmist said in, one, in Psalms 139, verse 7 to 12, he said this, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become as dark around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. If I could invite the, gen- the band to join me on stage, please. I think we're already here. Thank you, Daniel. You know, church, the other day I was asked if it is appropriate to pray and worship the Holy Spirit. And I said, the, the, the answer was, I said, who is prayer and worship reserved for? The answer was God. I said, well, therefore you can pray and worship the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. He, he is worthy of all honor, praise, and glory. He is God. Now, church, perhaps we've, some of us have been guilty of treating the Holy Spirit like he's some kind of energy or some kind of power to be manipulated, that he can sort of be summoned at our own volition to achieve our ends or our own will, as if he's some kind of force to be trifled with. Friend, if that's you, I have a loving word of correction for you. The Holy Spirit is not a power to be manipulated. He is the sovereign God who is to be submitted to. <clears throat> Perhaps, friend, you're sitting here and you're, you've grown discouraged. They feel like you've been plowing and sowing and nothing seems to happen. You see, it, it seems to you almost that the Holy Spirit has sort of overlooked your consistency, your faithfulness, and your zeal. That you've been plowing, but there's no fruit. And you've grown immensely discouraged because you feel like the Spirit has passed you by. Friend, that's you. I have a word of comfort for you. Friend, I would encourage you to remember that the Holy Spirit moves according to not our timing, which is, which is finite in perspective and, and limited in wisdom, but he moves according to his timing that is perfect in wisdom. And friends, when he does move, it will be, be for your benefit because he loves you. Friend, keep plowing, keep sowing, keep being faithful, and watch the Holy Spirit honor your efforts because he moves as his, according to his perfect timing and perfect will. And church, when the Holy Spirit does choose to move, no man can stop it and no force can contain it. My friend, perhaps you're sitting here and you've become a little bit preoccupied with chasing a buzz or chasing next emotional or spiritual high or next spiritual reality. Perhaps you've been consumed with chasing the spectacular Friend, if that's you, I have a word to, a word to challenge you. Rather than chasing the next spiritual or emotional high, friend, perhaps the Holy Spirit is saying to you, press into my person. Press into who I am in the mundane, in the everyday, in the boring. 
because that is when I do my most powerful work in and through you and prepare you for the spectacular things I've called you to do. Praise God for the Holy Spirit. Friend, in what seems like a nothing season, like nothing seems to happen, nothing seems to be happening, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to impart to me? What are you trying to bring me out of and bring me to as well? What are you preparing me for, for my next season? Because I know, because you love me, and the best is yet to come. Amen? Father, we are so thankful for the Holy Spirit that when your son left, he left a helper to lead us, to guide us, to comfort us. Father, I pray this will be a, a, almost a turning point for some of us where we press into Holy Spirit and know him as a person and honor him as a person. Father, I pray for greater levels of intimacy and relationship with the Holy Spirit. They would know him and abide in him, Father. Father, I pray that we would honor the Spirit, that we'd submit to the Spirit. And Father, watch the Holy Spirit shape and conform us in those mundane seasons, in those everyday kind of events, Father, that we would submit to the Spirit of God as He prepares us for the things He has for us in the future. We love you so much, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. Awesome. Thank you for that awesome word, Jake. Hey, you need to know today that one of the chief roles of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. And so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you this opportunity to say yes to him and come into loving fellowship with him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you need to know today that God loves you and he loved you so much that he created you to enjoy loving fellowship with him and to come into fellowship and relationship with him. But you see, the Bible talks about this thing that keeps us disconnected from God. That thing is called sin. Sin is doing things our way. Sin is walking in disobedience to God. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But you see, it didn't stop there, my friend, because God in His grace sent His only Son, Jesus, to die on the cross so that whosoever believed in Him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done and who you did it with and how you did it. The blood of Jesus is enough to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so right now, God is extending to you His grace. He's extending to you forgiveness for your past. He's extending to you a new life right now. And He's extending to you everlasting life through Jesus but you see, we must turn away from our sins. We must repent and turn to Jesus. Put our faith in Jesus. Put our hope in Jesus. Put our trust in Jesus. Believe in Jesus for everlasting life. And so if that's you today and you're saying, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I want to come into loving fellowship with him. I want you to raise your hand. I'm going to count to three and you can raise your hand and then you can put it down straight away. And you've got no reason to be shy or afraid up in here. Nobody in this room was born holy. We are all sinners who've been saved by grace. But if that's you, I'm going to count to three and I want you to lift your hand and you can put it down again. Three, God loves you. Two, he's speaking to your heart right now. One, raise your hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Awesome. There's one more thing I want you to do for me. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. But I also need you to know this prayer doesn't save you. Jesus Christ saves you. But this prayer is just an expression of you putting your faith and your trust in Jesus. So repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. 
I believe you died for my sins and you rose again. I turn from my sins and I choose to invite you into my heart. I want to follow you. I want to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer this morning, we're so proud of you. <laughs> Congratulations and welcome home. Listen, your next step, if you've prayed that prayer today, your next step, there's an orange Connect card on the seat in front of you. Can I encourage you? Reach on over, grab that Connect card, take this faith step, fill it in, tick the box that says I've made a commitment to Jesus and then drop that Connect card in the foyer. Or you could take that Connect card with you and take it to our team who are in the foyer and we'd like to pray with you and we want to get a gift into your hands and just congratulate you in person for making that decision for Jesus today. So once again, we love you. Welcome home. Let's put our hands together. One more time, and congratulate everyone who made that decision for Jesus. Awesome. Uh, just a couple of things that are happening today is growth track week number two. Um, so you can come along to the dining hall at quarter past 10. If you need help finding where is the dining hall, tap the, the people with the Dream Team shirt on. We'd be happy to walk you over and show you where that is. And Growth Track is a three-week course that's designed to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you want to know what you are created to do, figure out what your passion is, because when you find out what your passion is, you know what you were created for and, and created to do. So you can do that in Growth Track. That's an awesome way for you to do that. Um, but also, if you've already said yes to Jesus, can I encourage you, your next step is to go through baptism, the waters of baptism. And baptism is an outward expression or declaration of an inward decision that you've made. In the same way that a, 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 a wife and a husband make a vow to one another to commit to each other, baptism is a similar thing. It's an outward declaration and proclamation that says, I'm making Jesus the Lord of my life. So if that's you, our baptism classes, they start next week quarter past 10 at the same place in the dining hall as well. But also, if you want to come to, along to that, fill in the Connect card so that we can get you signed up for it as well. And someone from the team will be in contact with you throughout the week. Uh, tonight, don't forget, church, we've got our 5 p.m. service. And tonight is all about connection. So uh, if you come along tonight, uh, there's a shared dinner. So bring something with you. Uh, but also fellowship, worship. There's going to be some activities happening. It's going to be a little bit different. So come expecting the best to be happening tonight. Uh, so, yeah, we'd love to see you tonight at our 5 p.m. Awesome. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you're looking good today. Awesome. <laughs> uh, amen.